chapter 6. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Romans 1, 15-17 So, for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. As we have done with the other verses, I want us to break down each of these three verses and see what sits behind each one. Let's start with verse 15. I am eager to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome. Why is Paul so eager to preach the gospel to all those who are in Rome? Remember, this is the man Saul who was a persecutor of all those who believed in the gospel and made it his life's mission to destroy the church. The message of Jesus Christ was utter blasphemy to this man Saul. And yet here he is, now saying that he is eager to preach the very message that he once loathed and hated with a passion. What has Paul discovered in the gospel that stirs up such motivation that the man would go from the state of being a persecutor to someone who would lay his life down for the very thing he once hated? Receiving the gospel. Galatians 1, to 12 For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. How did Paul receive the gospel or the word of God? It wasn't through the agency of man. He says he neither received it from a man, nor was he taught it by man. Paul received the gospel, the word of God, through the revelation of Jesus himself. Paul is led to the person, and it is the testimony of what this person accomplished through his death on the cross and then his resurrection that has transformed Saul into Paul. This must be all of our reality too, if we are to imitate Paul. Paul didn't receive the words describing what Jesus accomplished, but he received the powerful work of what Jesus accomplished through revelation. This brings understanding as to why Paul said in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Paul had experienced the power of the resurrection, and we must as well if we are to be imitators of God. The power that rose Jesus from the grave Paul had received and experienced within him, and he wanted to experience more of it because he had first-hand experience and knowledge of what it accomplished in him. Receiving the words of the gospel and receiving the work of the gospel through revelation are two very different positions. And so the question remains, how did we and how are we receiving the gospel or the word of God? Because the way we receive it plays an integral part in the life we are able to live out. As previously stated, the gospel isn't something we receive psychologically, i.e. through the mind, but through the power of God. When we are receiving his truth the way he intends, we find ourselves coming into this complete work of the Spirit. Our lives firstly are defined by the fruit of the Spirit. We then operate in the gifts of the Spirit in an alignment to him and we get to see the works of the Spirit played out in front of us and through us. 
We get to see God's intentions outwork his way through his empowerment and all done from a posture of his rest within us. These you could call the outcomes of the Spirit. It was Jesus who said he builds his church and the church he builds, the gates of Hades will not overpower. If we are going to imitate Paul, just as Paul imitated Christ, then we all need to be defined by this truth, the gospel. Partaking of the gospel. Paul was a partaker of the gospel. What does this mean? The scriptures teach we are to be partakers of Christ. To partake of the gospel means to be a recipient of the divine, supernatural work that Jesus accomplished at Calvary and then live our lives from this place, doing the will of God. It means to experience within us the power that raised him from death to life and then walk in the manner in which Christ walked. This is not a one-off event, but an ongoing reality and experience in Jesus Christ. Like Paul, we too are to live like this, to win more people for Christ. Living like this in Christ comes with a whole lot of risk, but risks that must be embraced by us if we want to truly experience the life we are called to live. Many will not understand or perceive living like this is of Christ, and we will have to know how to deal with the trials and tribulations that come our way if we are to continue on this path and be obedient to the Father's call. When I say many, I mean those who are followers and non-followers of Jesus. You will be lied about, misrepresented, misunderstood, be perceived wrongly, gossiped about, be verbally abused, judged, sentenced unfairly and ostracized, and you must be okay with all of this while pressing on in Christ so that all those Jesus desires to reconcile to himself will be reconciled. The gospel opens our eyes. 1 Timothy 1, 12-16 I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me, because he considered me faithful, putting me into service, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor. Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was more than abundant. With the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus, it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason I found mercy so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who believe in him for eternal life. Paul has come into the powerful revelation of just how right Jesus Christ has made him. He has received the true gospel, and the true gospel brings with it the righteousness of Christ. Paul has come to the realization of just how much God's mercy and grace has been covering him in his unbelief and pride. The man's absolute ignorance of who the Father is and what the Father has truly accomplished for him is now glaring at him. His true heart state and the way he had been living anti-God and his ways has been revealed and he's been awakened to his true state. His newly revealed knowledge of who the Father is and his state before the Father has propelled him into a new reality. He shares how God's mercy and grace was more than abundant and was covering him. He shares without even knowing it and being completely unaware of it, 
just how much he is being loved by Christ. It is from this new reality that Paul then says that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. This reality of the gospel needs to be our reality as well if we are going to be imitators of Paul. Paul identifies himself as the worst sinner of all because of the revelation he now carries of God's mercy, grace, and love for him. Paul has a reference point for what Jesus is saving him from, himself. If the passage stopped here, Paul would be left in a state of depression and condemnation looking at a hopeless future. Glory to God that it doesn't stop here and that this is only half of the equation as far as Paul was concerned. The second half of the equation that Paul knows is found in these words. Yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. It was for the fact of who Paul saw was and the way he was living that he discovered the incredible mercy of God. The fact that God did not strike Saul for the way he was living was in fact the demonstration of how patient, merciful, gracious, and loving God is towards all those who are anti-him, his ways, and his truth. It's very hard to imitate God when you are in fact anti-God, his way, and his truth. We can be in this state ourselves and never know it until our eyes are opened by the gospel. This is the same today whether we are followers of him or not. As his followers, we can profess to live for Christ and live for his will, when in fact we are living for self, professing something different. When we do this, we abuse his mercy and love, never coming into the reality of the purpose of his mercy and love. Paul's life as Saul gives incredible testimony to the mercy and love of God towards mankind. His patience towards Saul is amazing. And there's the same patience, mercy, grace, and love that bestows on us. God acts like this towards us so we will believe in him for eternal life and be just as passionate to share Christ with others as Paul now is. We are also no longer ashamed of the gospel when we are awakened to the reality of it like Paul was. We become imitators of Paul. The gospel builds us. God's desire is for us to come into an eternal life within ourselves, having the kingdom of God formed and built within us. It is a life where the abundance of his fruit is abiding in us, a life where the spirit dwells and abides and is continuously flowing forth from us, a life that stands all the pressures that this world throws at it and glorifies the Father because of the work performed by God within it. Luke 6 46 to 48. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood occurred, the torrent burst against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Let's now have a look at verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Not only was Paul eager to preach the gospel, 
but he also states how unashamed he is of the gospel. Paul goes on to say he is unashamed of the gospel because he now knows it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew and the Greek. The eyes of his heart have been opened to the reality of truth. He can now see God and the purposes of God in full color and clarity. He has been brought into God's version of truth by the power of the gospel being revealed within him. He has been awakened out of a deeply deceived position and brought into the incredible light of life in Christ. Once again, this is to be our experience as well. No wonder the man is unashamed of the gospel. He realizes just how dead he was and how alive he now has become. He literally knows the reality of being dead and then being brought to life through the power of God. He knows just how lost he was and just how found he has become. He has no middle ground or double-mindedness in Paul. It, is it any wonder that Paul said he wanted to know Christ and the power of his resurrection more and more and have fellowship with his sufferings? The gospel empowers us to live to this high standard. I wonder if we too have come to the same position in Christ. Have we come to the position where we are unashamed of the gospel because of the power to change us? Have we come to the place where we, with absolute boldness and courage, at the leading of the Holy Spirit, declare to others what Jesus has done for us, for us and through us? Do we find ourselves being compelled to share with followers and non-followers the greatness of what Jesus has done and is doing in us because of the gospel we have and are receiving? When I say gospel, I mean the entire word of God, the good news. If we are not, can I encourage you today to turn to him and start asking for the reality of what Paul received, that is the gospel received in word, power, Holy Spirit, which causes a full conviction of belief. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5 For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. Trust me, when you receive the gospel this way, it will make you wonder if you ever knew the gospel before. I fear that many followers of Jesus have only received the gospel through words and in so doing, only have a mental agreement with the truth. This is not wrong, but God wants us to come into the living conviction of the truth, which causes life and radical change, so we may be imitators of God. We are not to stop pressing in until we receive the living, full conviction of truth in our innermost being, which empowers us to live as Christ did. This is what it means to believe the way Jesus intends us to. To believe means to be fully convinced. It is this position that Paul knew and is the position that we are to know and imitate. It's where our actions match our words and we live this position out continuously by faith in Christ. A full conviction enables and empowers us to live differently. Paul started to live differently because of the gospel he received. He was a changed and changing man. He started to live completely opposite to the way he once lived. Can we also give testimony to this change of life? Have we become different from who we once were and how we once lived? If not, then I would ask you to ask yourself, 
How have you received the gospel? And how do you continue to receive it? The way in which we receive the gospel makes all the difference to our lives. Paul spoke with such boldness and courage and said, I am not ashamed of the gospel and continued to declare God's truth in the face of extreme opposition and persecution because of the way he received the gospel. He knew he had been justified and sanctified by Jesus himself and his life would reflect this reality continuously. If we don't discover the work of the gospel, we will only have a form of godliness. We may look the part and be able to do certain things through the flesh, but we will ultimately lack the power to live the Christian life out and walk in the manner in which we have been called. We will fail to imitate Paul and Christ as we are called to. This is why Paul is able to say in Colossians 1.29 and Romans 1.9 that the serving and the work he does with and for God is all done from the power that is operating within him. It is God that supplies his power within us. He says, I strive to present every man complete in Christ through the power that operates within me. This is not his own power or strength, but the power God supplies to accomplish the work of God. This power is a constant substance in Paul. It's not here one minute and gone the next. It is constantly present and he is living from it. To not live from this place is to live from our own strength, which is a form of legalism and will only end in burnout and frustration. God gives us his grace through the gospel to live out what truth calls us to. When we are in this reality, we don't have to focus on outcomes as they will naturally just flow. They are produced through us being recipients of the work of the gospel. It is this gospel that empowers and enables us to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ. Verse 17 is the outcome of the gospel. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. But the righteous shall live by faith. Our true state. The gospel reveals to us the righteousness of God and just what he has done for us in making us righteous in his eyes. We have been made perfect by the blood and body of the Lamb. Hebrews 10 verse 14. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Do we know how right we are in God's eyes? Do we know just how holy we are in his sight? We can't make ourselves any more holy than what he has made us. Our challenge is to believe in our hearts and come into this renewed mindset and understanding through the power of God's gospel his word, and then live from this new position by faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says that the righteous man lives by faith in Jesus Christ. It's hard to live by faith in Jesus if we don't know just how right we have been made through Jesus. If we are constantly believing lies about ourselves, lies that we either tell ourselves because of our wrong thinking, we will never receive the life he has for us. Our true enemy is our enemy. We tell ourselves we are not good enough or not worthy enough of his love. We tell ourselves God could never forgive us for what we have done, even though he has already forgiven us and remembers our sin no more. To think like this and to continue to live like this is to nullify what Jesus accomplished for us at Calvary. If there is one man who could have condemned himself over and over again for his past behavior, it would be Paul. And yet Paul doesn't do this one 
because he knows just how right he has been made by the gospel. He has been set free from Saul and everything that went with being Saul. Is it any wonder he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel? Paul's new life is the demonstration of the power of the gospel at work within him. I wonder if the gospel is having the same impact on our lives today, where we too say, with all confidence and boldness, we are not ashamed of the gospel. This gospel enables us to imitate Paul as he imitates Christ.